Welcome to the podcast program, Beyond Clinical Medicine, what they don't teach you in residency. I am Rob Strauss, Team Health's Chief Medical Training Officer, and this podcast is one of a series addressing the critical topic of creating a culture, a team, with today's emphasis on clinician retention, what I call engage them or lose them. You can recruit a great team, but that's only the beginning. You've got to engage them, constantly re-recruit them, and ensure that you're providing them with what they need to be successful. And money is only part of the equation. Other parts are professional development, giving good feedback, coaching, really paying attention to what is important to them and their families. Joining me today is Dr. Randall Dabbs with a remarkable history, which includes he's a founder of Team Health, He's been a director at the University of Tennessee, a regional director, a president, and now is the president of practice development. And Randall, I know that you're highly focused on supporting and retaining clinicians. Welcome to this podcast program. Thank you, Rob, for asking me to uh, discuss this topic, very important topic. Well, you're welcome. Randall, I've heard you speak with great passion on this topic, one of my favorite of your presentations is, I think you call it five cards to keep a full house, a clever play on words that helps us pay attention to the strategies necessary to keep your best people. And I've heard you when describing that, describe culture, but it's a broadly used term. What do you mean when you're describing the culture of a group? Well, I think it's pretty simple. The culture to me means just how you treat all of the members of your team. And it, it's not just about your physician partners. It it broadens to your nurses, uh, your PAs, your uh, nurse practitioners, uh, your uh, uh, ward clerk, uh, unit secretary, the techs. Everybody in your department uh, becomes a member of your team. It's an inclusiveness, if you would. I mean, we use the word a trusting environment, respect, being positive. But it really is just about, again, how you treat uh, people and how you make sure that everyone is treated uh, on an equal basis, knowing that there are different skill levels for all of the members of your team. But, but there are things that you and I can't imagine that actually occur out there that, uh, you, for instance, the physicians are going to get together and go out and, and – and have a meeting or uh, have a drink after hours, and they don't include maybe the APCs, you know, PA or NPs of the practice. Um, I found that, you know, incredibly um, uh, disruptive in terms of the closeness of the team. So those are things when I talk about the culture, um, I, I really talk about that, the treatment of all the team members. So I certainly understand when you describe the separateness and non-inclusivity that that would begin to quickly turn off team members. I've also heard you talk about having integrity as a leader. What do you what do you mean by that? Well, in- integrity simply means that you do what you say and that people can count on you to follow through. So you can't make a statement or a uh, it's no different than saying everybody needs to show up on time, but you have someone who is regularly 10 minutes late 
and you just allow that to happen. To me, that's poor integrity and uh, and poor consistency on how you treat one person versus the other person. So the, the rules that are made for the team, everyone has to be held accountable to abide by those rules, or someone needs to be, uh, and we'll talk a little bit later about being coached up in order to make sure that that, that uh, equal treatment of all members are the same. So one of the C's that I've heard you talk about is connecting, connecting on a personal level. As a director or a leader, there are a lot of people to connect with. So, And if you're not the leader or uh, sort of the Ken Kesey non-leader leader, but really engaged in the team, how do you connect with so many people? Well, you've heard me talk about the secret sauce, my secret sauce. And I, and I do get accused oftentimes of, man, how did you remember my the names of my family? How did you know that my son plays basketball or that my mom was a teacher, uh, a kindergarten teacher? How do you remember all those things? So I may not be uh, have a photographic memory, but I do have a photographic iPhone. So for me... <laughs> My, my secret sauce is that as you engage in talking to people on your team or other, just your clients, whomever it might be, people are going to tell you things about their kids, their spouse, their partner, their parents, what hobbies they like, what their kids like to do, where they go to the church. You can't remember all that. Uh, just by yourself, unless you're, again, you're extremely brilliant. You have that type of mind that does that, but most of us don't. And so what I try to do is when I talk to someone as they're giving me information, as they're talking about themselves, and of course it's very important, as you know, to, to let them talk and to listen to them and be engaged and be and care about what they're telling you. But, but when they leave your presence, your goal is to probably have them in your iPhone or your uh, Galaxy or your Samsung or whatever, and you turn around and enter their name, whatever information, and just put that in the notes. You have a notes of your iPhone. All of you do that. And I believe that having some information, so if you're going to meet that person in the future, they care that you cared enough to put that information down and that you recalled it or you brought it back up and that it seems to matter about their families and about their wife's or their husband's name or their kids. Those are all extremely important. And once a colleague knows that you have that kind of caring nature about them or that you care about that information, then you have to me, connected with that person. And that connection is just another form of engagement. As you know, I've occasionally introduced you at various programs as somebody who seems to know everybody's second cousin's second cousin. And I, uh, you have explained to me that this is how you accomplish it. And I want you to know, and I think you'll be pleased to hear that since our last meeting, I've adopted the practice. And I absolutely agree 
uh, that it is incredibly helpful. So I thank you personally for that. You're very, very welcome. Another of the C's is complimenting or recognizing. Uh, we all go through our processes and really don't get much feedback or occasionally only get it for the, the negative. You've added this as a part of your program. Can you describe that? Well, I can, and we're all healthcare workers, and, and I'm an emergency physician by, by my uh, occupation. And I realize that if you walk into a hospital, walk into an emergency department, urgent care center, wherever you may work, people do incredible, incredible things. And it's almost routine. We get taken all the great things that we do, save a life, get a hard IV, uh, diagnosing a tough disease, uh, all those issues, we, we can say, hey, that's part of our job. And so we're pretty incredible about doing that. We may spend an hour in a room taking care of a very sick, septic child, saving their lives. Everybody does great work, the nurses, the physicians, the nurse practitioners. We walk out of the room, and what do we do? We typically say, where's the next chart? Because people don't stop coming in while we're doing an hour resuscitation. They just keep lining up. And so oftentimes, we don't even take a small debriefing time to say what a phenomenal job that has been done. So I do believe that you have to intentionally, purposefully look for the great things that happen in your workplace that day. It, it even, Rob, it even extends to your house or to your kids, to your spouses, to your families, because we, great things happen around you all the time. And if you don't purposefully write those things down or acknowledge what a great job someone did, and when you say it, it's in a very meaningful way. It's not, oh, I've got to do this. It's something that you want to do. People want to be recognized for the great work that they do. We all improve. We all feel good. It fills our gas tank, and we're able to keep carrying on doing very hard work under very arduous times and being short-staffed because you know that somebody appreciates what you do. So I just think that's very important. So what I ask for people to do is is just purposely think right down on a notepad somewhere every morning when they go into work or when they go home, they try to find at least three things that they can recognize because if there's going to be more than three things that great things that are done around you every day. It's amazing how great I feel when I recognize and compliment someone else's great work because when they feel good, they seem to work harder. They're a better team member. And you know what happens? I feel better. And if there's much less work on me. So the third C, if it's culture and it's connection, to me, a huge part is this being able to compliment 
other people for great work that's done. Well, I've certainly seen when people receive compliments that they enjoy it and it's, it's different than what is typical and they try to continue to do what it was that got them that compliment. So it, it sounds like a, a great part of your program. A few minutes ago, you mentioned coaching. Uh, and I think you said coaching up. Uh, can you tell us about that? I guess that's the fourth C. Key, Rob, obviously is recruiting great people to your team. But there are going to be times when you don't recruit an all-star by nature. You're going to recruit someone that may not be an A-plus player when they, when they join your team. They may be a B or a C player, but they have got potential that if you spend some time with them, they can improve. And those C players become B players. The B players can become A players. And again, that's what we all strive is to have, again, an A team. You know, that's what we all want to have. So you have to spend as a member of the team, whether you're a medical director or not, you know, everyone should spend time being able to address, you know, a colleague, whether, again, could be a nurse, could be an APC. The APC might be able to help me when they see something that I really don't know what to, how to do this, or maybe I made a mistake, or maybe I'm not sure. If someone will spend a little bit of time with me, helping to educate me. So what we have found is that sometimes we don't share something with someone else because we think, well, you know, it makes me look like I'm better than they are if I start trying to teach them. But we have found on survey after survey that people really appreciate being taught, being helped, being given that information to allow them the opportunity to get better. What we do see, though, is that sometimes you recruit a person that's not very coachable. And so if you keep that person in your team and allow them to either act inappropriately or uh, just may not be clinically sound enough to be a part of your team or the disruptive at meetings on a continual basis. To me, that's like a, a, a rotten apple. You know, those people have to be called out and they have to uh, be allowed to go somewhere else so that maybe someone else can coach them up. Maybe they belong on a different team. All I know is I have seen some teams that keep a person who's very disruptive on the team, trying to help, trying to help, to a point to where so much time is being spent on that person that other good people on the team feel like, look, I don't, I don't really want to be a part of this team anymore because we've got some people that are, are not fulfilling their role as a key member of the team. And then you lose the good people that are already a team. What I found, Rob, is that by holding people accountable, holding people accountable, then that person has a chance to either step up or leave, and then it's easier to recruit into an atmosphere where you know that I'm going to be held accountable and everybody is being 
given the same opportunity to do the right thing or else they don't get to be a part of this team. Randall, it's, it, it reminds me of what people often refer to as the Pareto principle of dealing with uh, your colleagues. If you're only spending all your time dealing with the low-end colleagues, you ignore the middle and the upper colleagues, and they don't think you care, plus you're not helping to elevate them. Randall, the last C you described, you call crumbs. Uh, what do you mean by that? The crumbs are a key to everything. And, and to me, the crumbs are the smallest things that have the greatest impact if done at the right time. And so I have seen this time and time again. So this is how you, it's a little bit like connection, but it's critical points of connection. It's, it's the moment of time. So what's important, what's most important to the members of your team. Usually it's their family. That's, that's what's important or it's their loved ones. And so to, to me, it's those small things. So I would ask you, Rob, and say, I, you know, I know you have some children, you have a spouse and, and if, if some major important event in your family's life, for instance, you had a, a parent to die. Uh, you had a wife or a spouse that was sick and in the hospital had surgery. You had a child that was getting married. You had a child that was um, having some sort of, uh, you know, state championship game. But my recognition that the small, small, tiny things are highly important to you. I have to know those are comments but when what i see is that in thinking gosh i really don't have time to go to your son's wedding rob i'm sorry i don't have time to go to your mother's funeral i don't have time to run by and see a, a, a family member who's in the hospital i don't have time i don't have time that's you don't have to have the time and so what happens you don't do anything you might, you know, so there, what, what I think are the small things, what I, and I've told you before, is sometimes the enemy of doing something is the fear that you have to do a lot. And since you can't do a lot, what do you do? You do nothing. And I am a believer and I've done this and I think it's really important. I'm not doing this just to connect, but, but it's because I care about the people I work with and part of my team. So, you know, if you have a, 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 a coworker who's, uh, maybe their mother has been sick for 20 years. It's not a sudden death, but they finally passed away and, and they're going to be buried, you know, 15 miles away you may not have time to go to all the funeral services, but for you to be able to make an effort to go over there early before the receiving of friends and say something to them, sign in and make sure they know that you cared enough to be there or that you cared enough to make a note about a child. If you could go to a, you know, somebody's wedding or visit the hospital and go into the ICU and, and just check on them, you know, you don't have time to do that for everyone all the time. But the very small things 
those that's the little bit of glue um, that I think really holds the team together. They never ever forget that. I never ever forget and never forget those people, some of my coworkers who made an effort to travel to another town when my father died. And so for them to come and to be at the funeral, those people mean a lot to me forever. So it may be a small thing. So don't let the fear of thinking, oh my gosh, I don't have time to fly to another state or something to be there, prohibit you from writing a card, making a note, doing something special that uh, helps them, helps you acknowledge their special place in your coworker's life. Randall, uh, you absolutely walk the walk. Your knowing what's important to me is important to me, and I I know you do care. Randall, so you've described five C's. Do you, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with the uh, listeners? Well, I think the great worry that we all have is that we hear something like, okay, the five C's, the five cards that keep a full house and that we can't remember them all and that we don't, you know, we, we try to remember some now and then, and then we just lose it. And we're back within three months of not really understanding and not really uh, using any of these tools that are available to all of us. And they all make common sense. They, they, we, we all tr- probably think we do it, but my, I guess I would ask that people be very intentional and purposeful uh, about these, that you write them down somewhere, you think about occasionally, it's like, gotta, I've got to make sure that if, if we're going to do something together, we do it as a team, uh, that, you know, I, I, I practice that, that I compliment people, I recognize the good things that are being done. You know, those are things I think that you have to, to really work on. You have to work on. Um, there was a guy Rob, uh, his name is Kenny Thomas. He wrote a book called Get It On. Uh, he was a U.S. Army Ranger, uh, a veteran of the Black Hawk Down mission at Makadishu. Makadishu. Um, and he wrote a book about leadership. And I, and I love his quote. He said, it's really never the title or position that defines a great leader. It's the example that's set. And he just says, you know, you lead they will follow and the team becomes stronger. But that doesn't happen without, it may become natural to you to where you don't even have to try to do it. Some people seem like they're born with this gift, but the rest of us probably have to work at it. But once you've been doing it for a while, then it becomes second nature. And then you you may not have to be as purposeful or as intentional is that you would when you first start out really trying to utilize these things to keep your best people around you and make your life a lot easier. Whether you're a medical director or a staff physician or a, an ER nurse or a hospitalist, whatever, all, those th- all these things work wherever you work or live. Randall, I appreciate your time with us today, helping us to figure out how to not just create a strong team, but to build it to be a stronger and stronger team. These are wise words. Thank you so much for joining us. You are very welcome, Rob, and uh, I hope that you have a great rest of the day. Thank you. You too. 
I hope you've enjoyed this Beyond Clinical Medicine podcast with Dr. Randall Dabbs. If you have any questions about this topic or suggestions for other topics, please contact me at beyondclinicalmedicine.org. Thank you.